First things first. First, it's the DU General, Money P. I'ma put you up on the schedule. Six to nine, eight weekdays, not two and seven years ago. We got a lot to talk about, so much to pedal through. Unapologetically progressive. Tune to KPLA 1580 to get the mess. With your ancestors' favorite radio station. First black on talk radio, left side of the nation. Me and Dominique the Prima go way back. Smiley making sure the station stays black. Discussing all the issues in our community. With hopes that black and brown and others find unity. So let's talk about it. Maybe we can improve it. Digital underground, always down with the moon. So we tune in. The first things first with the queen of black talk radio. Dominique the Prima. Go, sis. KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. My first thing today and every day, giving thanksgiving praises and asking for blessings from the Most High, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it going. How are you? What's on your mind this morning? Where do you think we should go with this whole thing? <laughs> okay, so what we usually do is in the first hour, we look to the local, what's going on on the left coast, all over here on the Pacific side. In the second hour, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest or perhaps a trending topic. Today, we'll be speaking with Assembly Member Isaac Bryan. He's actually accomplished quite a bit since we last saw him, and I'm looking forward to unpacking that. Plus, he's got some holiday plans for you. Uh, today is Wednesday. That means it's Wealth Building Wednesday around here, so we will feature a business that you should know about. And, of course, you are welcome in every hour by phone, by social media, however you get in, carrier pigeon. On the phone, it's 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. On socials, just hit me up at KBLA1580. On all the platforms, we are streaming once again on YouTube, KBLA1580. And while you're typing in those numbers, please get the app on your phone. Uh, it is free. It has the podcasts on it. It has news updates. You can stream the show live on your phone wherever you are. And uh, also, it makes us stronger. And we appreciate you um, being part of our KBLA delegation. Joining me this morning, my partner in politics. No, it's not Friday, but Ed Sanders is joining us. He is the founder and CEO of ES Advisors. He is a KBLA contributor. You've seen him on Fox Soul and elsewhere doing the pundit thing. Ed Sanders, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you, Dominic? I'm blessed and highly favored. And how are you? I am feeling the same. Blessed and highly favored. That is the only way to start the day. Yeah, there's tons of um, holiday festivities around uh, the Southland right now. It seems like most of the council offices and some of the supervisorial offices and uh, statewide representatives have parties for the constituents. 
And I think it's wonderful. Uh, Heather Hutt just did one with a whole bunch of snow and toys. And, you know, of course, Heather Hutt, the councilwoman from the 10th district. But for you as a person who's actually been on staff of elected, I mean, what's what's the spirit, what's the thought process behind these festive gatherings uh, for constituents during this time of year? Um, you know, I, it, it is um, exactly what you lay out. Um, you know, we're a region with, what, close to 10 million people in it, if you're counting all of LA County and, and whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes we can be distant from our neighbor. And while a lot of folks may know the neighbor next door to them, they don't know their neighbors down the block or, you know, a couple blocks over. And it's just a way to build community. Um, you know, I know when when um, I was on staff, we, we put together Christmas events and holiday events um, that were designed really just to celebrate. You, you spend all year um, working on issues with people. And sometimes you don't get to know them, right? Like you're you're arguing about a, a you know a digital sign or something like that, but you really don't get to meet the person and know the person. And so these are opportunities to do that. Yes, indeed. Well, I urge folks to take advantage of them. You know, maybe you think it's just hype or some something to win your vote, <laughs> although that could be true. But I've gone to many of these gatherings, and they're fun. I mean. It's not overly hyped. There are great opportunities, and sometimes I think you know, the constituents don't take enough advantage of it. Free snow, free toys, tree lightings, um, all kinds of Kwanzaa and Christmas and Hanukkah celebrations going on. So um, I think the way to do that, the way to find those opportunities, is to go on the websites of the folks, you know, the the people that represent you, um, and some of our local uh, black print Outlets like The Wave, like the L.A. Watts Times or the Sentinel often list those um, those parties. Yeah, I'm here for the parties. If you have one, call in. Let us know. 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. And I know you're always concerned about uh, the environment. I know you do a lot of work around water justice. And it came up yesterday in a conversation we were having about uh, this innovative project, uh, 40 Acres uh, Conservation League, which is, you know, it's a black nonprofit, which has purchased, just purchased 650 acres um, in Northern California by Sacramento that will be both a conservation project as well as black recreation. And um, one of the guest was talking a lot about water rights. It just made me think about the work you're doing with Groundswell and how, you know, maybe for black people, this isn't enough on our radar, especially in Southern California, because water here is always an issue, right? Whether we're getting it from Colorado or whether we're getting it from the, uh, the, you know, groundwater, which has to come through rainfall. Um, it's always an issue, and it's it impacts everything, including housing. And I just don't think I know we have a lot to worry about, but I just don't think uh, Black America, sp- specifically Black LA, is tracking this issue the way we could and should. Yeah, and you know, actually, that's that's why we formed Groundswell to to sort of uh, unite uh, communities across the state on the issue. 
um, you know, when you start to think about California's water rights, um, these go way back, and, and these are really rooted in the time of, you know, racial covenants in housing. Um, you know, you can you can look back to the founding of um, almost all the cities in California, and you can see how um, uh, African Americans and Latinos and Native Americans were prevented from living in cities, and that actually prevented them from being where the the water districts were formed. And so you have all these communities that are formed outside of um, the water districts, and thus they don't have the hookup. Uh, you know, they, they, they're, I, I was shocked to find out how many Californians get their water from ground wells. Um, and it's an astonishing number. And when you start to look at the, the drought conditions and, and sort of our weather patterns, those wells have gone dry. Um, a lot of those wells go dry. And when they go dry, now you've got communities that don't have access to water. Um, and so water is becoming more and more of a topic, right? The more and more we deal with, um, our extreme weather patterns. You know, last year we had a tropical storm hit Los Angeles, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we went two, three years of almost no rain to a deluge, and now we're back to uh, uh, a year where it looks like we're not going to have as much rain again. And so we've got to be able to prepare for that sort of cycle um, um, that we have enough water and that we can get the water to to all communities in California. And so that's what we try to do is, is bring our folks together, right? Um, you know, to your point, as, as I think more of uh, more communities of color understand it, L.A. has senior water rights. So we, we, DWP, we can turn on our faucet and, you know, we will have water. So it, it doesn't rise to the issue. But for the folks that don't have water, what they are getting is an ally in us, Right. Um, if if you have allies in Los Angeles and San Diego, Oakland, that can speak for you, you're now also bringing to bear their political power and their political uh, representatives as well. So you're not just trying to fight it through through your representative. And a lot of times those representatives have been Republican. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, if people want to keep track of the work you're doing on that in that space, Groundswell uh, is on Instagram, right? We're on Instagram. Um, our website, groundswellforwater.com, is is probably the the most direct way to to uh, engage. Yeah, I mean, just peek in every now and then. It was interesting. There, it was an interesting reminder uh, yesterday that um, actually, Allen's uh, Allen'sworth, the you know historical black town, was really put out of business because they didn't have water. And uh, certainly as we see the climate emergency changing the landscape and remembering that Southern California is basically a desert, (laughs) you know, a renovated desert. um, These are things that it seems like it would behoove us to track. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. We'll, when we come forward, look at the um, life and legacy of Andre Brower, the Emmy uh, winning actor, uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Homicide Life on the Street, who made his transition a huge recall of Tesla's. Huge, huge, huge. <laughs> um, and there's a lot more that we will touch on. We are taking your phone calls, 800-920-1580. Ed Sanders and Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580.
More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, back to me, back to you, 800-920-1580. Ed Sanders in the studio. Um, actor Andre Brower, who is a classically trained actor, was, uh, went to Juilliard on performed Shakespeare in some of the best stages uh, in the world, um, made his transition on Monday. He People knew him as uh, Frank Pembleton from Homicide, um, which is the, the role he got an Emmy for. And he was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right, doing comedy. Uh, he was in Glory, great movie, I love Glory, with Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman. And the only thing that I'm reading is that he died at the age of 61 following a brief illness. I did not personally know Mr. Brower, didn't, um, haven't, don't have any inside scoop, but just the glorious um, level of his talent is something that I always appreciated. And Sad, you know, sad to see him go. You know, relatively young age, 61, to be dying after a brief um, illness is, that's a big loss, I think. Yeah, no, I was I was shocked. Um, it, um, I've always been a huge fan. Um, in, and, you know, in particular, Brooklyn 911. Um, Dominic, I don't think you know, I have two nieces that are... Um, in the acting business and we're on that show with him. And so, um, you know, to see him pass, uh, you know, it, it just brings it home, um, uh, how, um, one intertwined the entertainment industry is with our lives here in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. But, um, you know, the roles that he represented, um, you know, he is, he is one of those actors whose roles were always, um, substantive and reflected African-American men in a positive way, uh, which which I appreciate. Yeah, and, and it, there are actors in this business who just work and work. You know, they might not be the huge um, star that gets all the accolades or stays in the tabloids, or, or even, you know, people know their face and may not know all the details of their lives or even know their names, but... Those are the some of the ones that I really admire that just, you know, he worked for more than 30 years and always when he was on screen, it was strong. You know, it was always a strong performance. Those are the people, I think, the crafts people in the business that really, um, you know, keep the thing, keep the thing uh, leveled up, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, and, you know, I it, it's, it, it, it is it is just that he is um and has you know it's like i said before his career has always been something that you kind of look back at the different roles and uh you know the he where he can get a role where sam jackson isn't eating it up uh, <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> uh, uh he's always uh sourced roles that were uh you know positive i i think of him i, I think of dennis haysbert um you know, just mm. guys that you, when you see them, um, you know, it's a strong, powerful role and you know, it's not some, um, it's not a silly role. I'll put it that way. Unless it's meant to be a silly role. <laughs> Even then, <laughs> right. Let's go to Willie calling us from Palmdale. Good morning, Willie. 
Uh, good morning, Dominique, and good morning to your guests. Uh, I, I want to ask you a question, Dominique. Uh, Ten years ago from this day, uh, Tookie Williams was executed on Jamie Foxx's birthday, which is today. I want to ask you, did Jamie Foxx play Tookie Williams before his execution or after his execution? I do not know the answer to that. I am not a super expert on either Jamie Foxx or Tookie Williams, although I remember the case very well, and I certainly talked about it a lot at the time 10 years ago because it seemed like there was a possibility that that execution would be stopped, um, but it, it was not. Um, you know, Tookie Williams, of course, a famous, um, famous and infamous gang member, gang founder, or, um, who... Yeah you know, who turned his life around in in prison and did a lot of impactful work uh, for peace um, and to help others, enlighten others, especially children. And a lot of us thought he would be spared because of that legacy, because everyone should have a shot at redemption. And of course, I stand against the death penalty in general, but certainly when someone has taken the clout that they have in the community and turned it, used those superpowers for good, that to me is should be uh, an important mitigating factor, and it was not. Um, but no, I don't know uh, the answer. Do you, Ed, about um, Jamie Foxx? And happy birthday, Jamie Foxx, by the way. Uh, glad that 2023 did not claim you. Yeah, well stated. Um, I I don't know. Um, I, I actually didn't know Jamie Foxx. Tookie Williams, so I'm going to have to try to let Google <laughs> solve that answer for me. Yeah. Um, did Were you just reflecting, Willie, on, you know, um, those two gentlemen and the way their lives intersect? Or it was 2004, so it had to be before then. Because um, if Tookie was executed 10 years ago, 2004 would be 20 years ago. Redemption, the oh. Stan Tookie Williams story, is a made-for-TV biographical crime drama from 2004. Thank you, Dr. Google. <laughs> I had have, I have my years mixed up. Uh, uh, also, uh, I came across a, a video last night about... Uh, Actually, you know what? You do have your years mixed up, and so do I, because Tookie Williams was, was executed in 2005. So it's been 20 years, almost 20 years. Wow. Time flies. I, you know what? I, I, don't, I, I don't track the anniversary of that. But um, now that you say, now that I look at Google, it makes sense. Because I remember when we were talking about that. Um, yeah. And it was, it was longer than 10. So it's been 20 years. And apparently um, that film came out shortly before... Uh, before Tookie was executed. Wow, okay, okay. I, I'm just wondering, did, did Jamie Foxx ever recover f from that? Uh, because uh, he was executed on his birthday. Mm, that's, an, that's an interesting question. I guess we'd have to ask that to Mr. Foxx. But he seems like he's yeah. embracing and loving life right now. And, and I think... You know, it's his brush with death. I mean, he was saying that at one point he couldn't even walk. 
And uh, it seems like most people get a renewed sense of purpose. And, and you know what, for me, a lot of times when you see people make making their transitions, for me, even if it doesn't, I never played them in a movie or I, their life never even crossed paths with mine. Many times it gives me a renewed appreciation for life just because every nothing's promised. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I've just, I just been, I've just been looking at black history and stuff and, and I was looking at a movie called, uh, Uncle Tom too. It's supposed to be a documentary. Okay, I don't know. I haven't. You know, you 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 think me and Ed are like what Google or the Siskel and Ebert of <laughs> Black Talk well, really Radio? Got a really interesting <laughs> list of, of of films and and to uh, to watch. I'm I'm curious. You need you need to publish a publish a list there. Right. He's giving you he's giving you your holiday uh, playlist for your binge watching your holiday binge watching. Uh, what are you going to binge watch this season, Willie? Uh, you know what? I have no idea. I have. Oh, uh, I got a list. I got a list. I'm going to be watching. Um, I'm going to be watching The Crown, the last season. I'm going to be watching Peaky Blinders. I'm completely hooked on that. Miles, I, maybe I have a violent streak. I always say I don't like violent stuff, but I watch Game of Thrones, Peaky Blinders, you know, uh, Ozark. <laughs> like, okay, hmm, I'm beginning to wonder. Um, but they're also really quality TV. And um, Rustin, I want to watch the Bayard Rustin um, biopic. Now, there's a few more that I'm not thinking of. I got my, my um, TV watching lined up for me. A couple documentaries. What about you, Ed? Are you binging anything? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I'm sure that I will. Uh, you know, I know last year I went on a... Game of Thrones rewatch, um, you know, this year. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. I Are you know. watching we'll the House of the Dragon? Is that what it's called? House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones thing? Yeah. You know, sadly, I, if they put something out, I'll probably watch it. Same. So I, yeah. I know I, I've watched it <laughs> twice already, so I'll watch it again. <laughs> the <know>? holiday <laughs> binge watch is on. I actually, you know, I'm not going to lie. I love just sitting around in my pajamas watching Netflix. That's fun to me. That is my idea of fun. Uh, Sounds like a good Christmas. Take a break from the news. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, just a small break, not a forever break, just a break from the news. It's good to talk with you, Willie. Um, next time I'll have to, I'll try to do a better job, uh, with my, my, our quizzes, our entertainment quizzes <laughs> with, with, uh, Willie from <laughs> Palmdale. We, we, Willie needs to publish a list. We need to get a list going from Willie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The KBLA delegation, uh, Binge watch list brought to you by Willie from Palmdale. I love it. Love, love, love it. Hey, I want to thank Barrett News Media and congratulate you and Miles, Ed. They have uh, their list of best uh, morning shows for um, this past year includes First Things First with Dominique DePrima. And so that, of course, includes um, Ed Sanders and Miles Lowe. Uh, they rated us number nine out of the top 20 nationally. And, um, yeah, that's a nice, a nice little recognition, major market morning shows. Yay. Yeah. 
Um, it's good stuff. So thank you to uh, Barrett News Media. This is something that is um, voted on by radio professionals, program directors, and GMs and stuff across the country. So thanks for the love. First Things First with Dominique DePrima continues after news, traffic, and sports exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 wishes you a Christmas season that is merry and bright, bright. Happy holidays. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do appreciate you. Ed Sanders is also on the air with me this morning. A lot of Teslas, more than 2 million vehicles being recalled um, because of a problem with the autopilot system. Apparently there's some thing that's supposed to remind you to pay attention when your car is on autopilot that is not working. So they have some software fix. Um, it's almost all Teslas in the United States of America. Those produced between October of 2012 and now. <laughs> so that's, if you got a Tesla, that's you. And um, I think it's, not to be hating on Elon Musk, but I think it is kind of funny considering I just uh, was reading about how they have challenged the people saying that their cars are not self-driving using the First Amendment, like saying, like, we can call our cars self-driving if we want to, even if they're not self-driving. Anyway, uh, I digress. Thoughts, Ed? <laughs> um, I, you know, that that's a huge um recall action uh that is a lot of vehicles on the road that that need to uh to be brought in for whatever the servicing is um i hope it is not life-threatening let's let's start there um but but um more preventative but you know that's a lot of different cars that that need to be brought in and and so that's a huge undertaking for a a relatively new company um you know, it, it just reminds you that, that the technology advances that that we have um, have been happening so rapidly, you know. Um, uh, over the commercial break, I was listening to the, the Clean California ad, and, you know, I was laughing with, with, with my son here because the, um, the idea of litter, right? You remember they used to have to run those public service announcements to, uh, to, to help people to not litter, yeah, um, and I was remarking like, "Oh wow, they're back!" You know? <laughs> they're back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm that old that though I remember those those PSAs. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, same, but, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know the the technology advances since then to now have been been incredible. Um, and but it's but it's also a reminder they're not without some some hiccups. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the um, transportation, uh, National Transportation Safety Board um, has been investigating an oil spill that happened in Southern California for the past two years. Remember, this was in 2021. Remember that huge oil spill uh, damaged wetlands and beaches and fish and killed birds? It was a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. An underwater um, uh, breakage of, of some oil pipeline. Well, it turns out that this this investigation showed that it was a result of the container ships anchoring too close to those offshore pipelines. So they want, you know, they want all kinds of changes. Um, that that particular spill spilled 25,000 gallons 
Uh, they say it's because those places where those ships are anchoring are too close to the pipelines. I mean, I don't know why it takes two years to figure that out. But um, they say that, you know, they, they're going to have to adjust for the size of the vehicles. They're going to have to uh, change the way that they um, the way that they anchor there. And I feel like I always feel like there's never enough accountability for these kind of things. Like, OK, so you wrecked our beach. You killed all these birds and, you know, fish and um, the water over there in Orange County was terrible for a long time. What are you going to do about it? Make the fixes, but what else are you going to do about it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, um, it's, um, I mean, listen, we, we need oil, right? Like we, we are just so dependent on oil that, that we're willing to um, accept these spills. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, like junkies is what you're saying. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> just um, give me the gas, yeah. give me the oil. Yeah, yeah. I remember years ago there was this spill <laughs> up in uh, Santa Barbara, um, and you know I, I remember seeing all of the oil um, on the the beach there. It, it, you know, these spills happen. But to tie it back to politics, um, you know, it, it this is something that we have to consider. You know, as a community, as a country, um, when when we vote for president, I I am reminded that um, Donald Trump's first EPA. Uh, administrator was someone that yep. all of the tracking of oil spills um, so that there just wasn't data on how many spills were actually happening across the country. Um, so you, you, you know, when you tie this back to politics, it's an important piece because the first thing you need in order to, to take two years to fill out a report is, is data. Um, and it, and in, in that case, it does matter who's in the White House, and it does matter what the politics are. Yeah, and, and, and they also said in the report they didn't have enough training, which to me, that, you know, that means you're cutting corners. Um, and I feel like dealing with oil and gas in, in, in the midst of our natural uh, resources, i.e. the ocean, <laughs> you know, the mountains, the rivers, should be just as uh, carefully handled as if you were handling you know, weaponry, because yeah, it has the, uh, the the potential to have that kind of terrible impact. Lynette from L.A., you're on with Ed Sanders and Dominique De Prima this fine morning. Welcome. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Reparations in memory of our ancestors, and we know that the struggle continues, but always to God be the glory. And uh, good morning to your guests, Mr. Sanders. Uh, I just wanted to say, yeah, I wanted to say, um, you know, a happy anniversary to Mary Karen Bass on her first years. Praise the Lord. I mean, she, from that, that campaign that was ran, uh, I mean, cause it was, it was really, really looking bad at one point. I mean, yes, it, it was. was. <laughs> it, I mean, it was David and Goliath, but she pulled through and now we have probably the best mayor on the planet. I say that prejudicially, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we, we, we really did get one, and I thank God. So, And hopefully she'll be our governor, and she'll turn this state around in big, big ways. I mean, she'll probably be taxing the oil companies, you know, retroactively, and making them pay their fair share like Alaska does. Well, you know, Lynette, I asked her, and she says she's not going to run for anything else. She wants to finish out her career as mayor of Los Angeles. And I'm here for that. I mean, I know our state, you know, can use help. But you know what? 
let's have a bubble of greatness in L.A. I'm here for that. <laughs> but you know what? But you know what? I, I'm just saying, you know, because she wasn't going to run the mayor. Remember, she was almost our vice president. You yeah. Know? So, well, I mean, Ed, it, what are your thoughts? Like, because a lot of people speculate, maybe she'll run for mayor, maybe she'll run for president. She says, no, I think there's something special about having a politician who who doesn't have their eyeballs on the next job. Yeah, that's Yeah, I true. agree. Yeah, I mean, Karen, listen, she is a special person. Let's, let's just start there. And, you know, her decision to run for mayor was rooted in making, you know, Los Angeles, you know, turn the corner and make it a much stronger city. And, and you know, uh, she's done incredible work already. Um, but, you know, you, you and I both know the job's not done. And, and she's the type of person that's going to throw everything into making the making the job done. Yeah, I think that's right. Go ahead, Lynette. You had a, a follow-up. Well, you know, because I'm looking at the way Biden and Trump is going at it, and they 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 thought they got one foot on a banana peel and one in the grave. Okay, said, she said that. <laughs> I mean, really, I didn't say that. Me. Lynette said that. <laughs> <laughs> I co-signed it with her. <laughs> oh, now Ed and Lynette said it. Ed, Lynette, you over here starting stuff. Well, you know. I'm, I'm so, why she got to be scared, you know, as they say. I mean, we got a lot to, to, to really do in this world. We are the fifth largest economy in the world. So, yeah. you know, she and she already got diplomatic chops. I'm sure that would beat both of them. I mean, she already know what to do with that, that Hamas leader over there, Ketard. She'd be rounding him up at the world court right now. And Putin and his oligarch oil buddies, you know. I mean, she, she knows what, what about our oligarch do. oil buddies? I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, you got a point. We'll see. But she has indicated that she will definitely serve if she's reelected, that she'll serve out. Um, it's, it's eight, is it eight years that they have to be mayor, um, Ed? Mm-hmm. That's, no, that's right. Eight yeah, years. eight years. She Before she's indicated term. that she she would, if reelected, she'd do a full another four year term. So any other job would have to wait till after that. And I'm here for it because. Eight years to clean up this mess is is just a drop in the bucket. And I I just feel I agree with you, um, Lynette, in terms of the fact that, you know, if we ever have a chance to, you know, really fix what needs fixing in our city and and highlight the great things that are already here, that chance is right now. Oh, yeah. And she get rid of Netanyahu, too. You know, you you don't think she has enough on her plate. The houseless crisis in L.A. and you want her to deal with Oh, Mr. Far, far, far to the right. Yeah, okay. And, and she wouldn't be having all the Rwanda, the, the, all the uh, African immigrants sent to Rwanda because that's another human rights violation. You know, she be she she's something else. I hope she got at least twenty of them coming behind her that she done groomed. Really. Mm. Well, um, Ed Sanders, your thoughts? <laughs> Lynette has a huge to-do list for Mayor Karen Bass. <laughs> Yeah, it is. But I, I, her last point is well taken. You know, I think one of the the, the jokes in, in sort of the um, sort of the Biden Trump ageism joke, but there there is a younger generation that is energetic within her administration. Um, it was energetic within her campaign. Um, you could see it. And, and to Lynette's point, there is a, a, another generation coming behind her. Yeah. 
Well, um, when we come forward, I do want to take a look at the way, since you brought up Netanyahu, Lynette, the way some local cities are weighing in on the disaster of Gaza. And, you know, what's the real impact of that? And, and what's the local uh, the local consequences as well. We'll look at that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. And uh, Ed Sanders is my guest this morning. Uh, you're not really a guest. You're, you know, the homie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, correspondent. Uh, anyway, Ed, um, you know, the the disaster, the war, the conflict in Gaza, and in, 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 in now it appears to be flaring out, um, sadly, to other parts of that region, has riveted the world. It's so sad what's happening, uh, the, the death toll, the bombing, the destruction. And now uh, a lot of local cities are weighing in. Uh, uh, Richmond, California, in the Bay Area, was the first to pass a resolution uh, in solidarity with the Palestinian people. It accused Israel of ethnic cleansing and the war crime of collective punishment. Um, But they're not the only city. They were the first to do so. They took a lot of heat for doing that in the national news media. But Santa Ana um, has followed suit. Uh, the San Francisco um, Board of Supervisors is debating whether or not they will take a stand, um, and some other small cities as well. Um, so, you know, this, of course, divides city councils, uh, lawmakers, colleagues fighting with each other ferociously on the council floors. It's interesting to me, too, because we have so many, I mean, I'm not saying that this is an important, not an important issue, but it's interesting to me that they're so uh, emotional about this when there are things happening right in the community that you see, you don't see this level of emotion uh, about, i.e. people being evicted in droves. In any case, um, what do you think? I mean, does it make a difference when a city council weighs in on a global issue that technically they have no uh, say-so over? Um, it does. I, I mean, look, I, I, I look at it this way. I mean, one, um, it, it really speaks to um, a change in how people are receiving their information first, right? So I, I think you can see more and more people are getting information through social media and other means. So it's not just sort of the network news. Um, and you know, the, the cities that are weighing in on this, it's also not lost on me that, that you know, these are, are largely minority populations. You know, if you're talking about Richmond and California or Santa Ana and Orange County, you know, it, it, these are, um, you know, communities of color that, that are weighing in on um, the violence, uh, you know, and, and really just the, the carnage that, that you're seeing in, in, in uh, Gaza. Um, and it, it, I, it, it the, the level of carnage that you're seeing on social media is, um, it's too much, right? Like, it, it's, it's not easy just to open it. Your point about whether, um, you know, people should be weighing in on stuff that's local, I don't know that 
um, well, I'll put it this way, Dominic. Remember during the COVID um, piece, uh, we were doing the, the weekly show and, and bringing information about what was happening in real time. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about this. We, we thought that, you know, you actually needed to see more of the people sick and dying, right, in, in the hospitals for people to grasp um, how important, how real the, um, the pandemic was. And, and this is sort of an outgrowth of that. People can see this violence and, and are reacting to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's good that people are engaged, that they're paying attention. And I think it's good that the world is pressuring, uh, you know, the superpower, the United States, to, um, to call for peace, at least uh, a ceasefire. But it's just very bizarre how this plays out locally in cities and counties and uh, f- how that feeds into the national polarization that we have going on on this and other issues. Continuing the conversation with Ed Sanders and you when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. We wish you a holiday season filled with peace and love and a new year rich with blessings. Mask up and stay safe. From all of us at KBLA Talk 1580. Radio lately that sounds anything like this. We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. You are, and we are glad you are here with us, Ed. Um, we are about to go into the holiday season, um, and I, I think we're already a bit distracted. Um, I was actually talking with um, Shade Elaware, who's running for assembly. And not just on the show, but off the air. And she was really emphasizing to me how we may be caught off guard uh, this election season. Because by the time we come out of the holidays, we'll have maybe about three weeks before those ballots start coming. Um, The mail-in ballots. Because our primary is going to be in March and not in June this year. Um, So it's almost like if we're not tracking stuff... It may be too late by the time we look up from our itis and you know and our and our big credit card bill uh, for for January. Um, what do you think about that? How do you think that's going to impact the electoral landscape? You know the, the the changes now. We've got our elections aligned up with the national elections, and we've got our primary coming so quickly. Yeah, it's um, I, she's not wrong in that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I probably won't dial in and, and start focusing on a lot of the, the races until January myself. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a short window, um, to, to, you know, to change minds, to, to get up to speed on the issue, to, uh, to be able to speak about it. Um, so it, you know, it, 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 it largely, you, you can see it in these polls now. So many people are still undecided whether you're talking about, you know, the Barbara Lee race, um, there's still these large blocks of undecided voters. Um, but you know, they're always that until the final weeks of a campaign. So I, you know, in the end game, it's just, it's the final run up until the election and, and whether it happens coming out of the holiday or, or just before November, um, it's all the same. Yeah. I kind of feel like I, um, dropped the ball just a little bit. 
um, in, in not forcing us to pay more attention. Uh, we just got 30 seconds here. Speaking of uh, lawmakers named Lee, Sheila Jackson Lee um, says she'll run for Congress again after losing for mayor of Houston. That was kind of a shocker for me. I thought she would be able to easily handily win the, the mayor's race. I thought so too. Um, I, I, you know, uh, I, I've always admired her um, work in Congress. Um, you know, she's been a stalwart in the CBC for for years. Um, Houston is, you know, it's one of those cities that has a really large African American population. Um, it's a it's a wealthy city, um, and um, you know, I I thought she was in position to to win that mayor's seat, but. That she can return to Congress is is still um, her voice still needed. Yeah, but also not a given. Um, we'll see how that goes. Ed Sanders, thank you so much for being with me as always. Hey, thanks for having me on. Have a great week and and great week to all of the listeners and you as well, Edward M. Sanders on Twitter. Time for Wealth Building Wednesday right after this.